Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of Racken and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. Today's episode is about the changing nature of service providers, specifically cloud providers. And we really riffed on a topic that has been coming up in Twitter around the moniker super cloud and what it means and if it's useful and how it can apply to how cloud providers are changing over time, facing market pressures, trying to lock in, getting bigger, and becoming essential in IT. I know you will find this conversation fascinating. It talks both about the hypothetical and very practical drivers behind concepts like SuperCloud. By the way, how did how did you how did you feel at the end of the uh, conversation on Tuesday about uh, SuperCloud? Um, I, you know, it's it's it, I felt a little sad that what turned out to be, I think, some reasonable work was um, lost in the branding exercise. I think that sums it up for me. Um, yeah, we'll 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 go back we'll go back to it, and, and I can understand them being frustrated because I I think that they actually had a really good discussion about about this, um, and and should have not been surprised when people, um took the end of their result, their work, and were not in, not impressed. We're talking about super cloud, Joanne. Or mega cloud, as I call it. Mega cloud? <laughs> I, I actually think mega is, is, is better than super. Yeah, because I don't think there's anything super about it. It's just <laughs> larger. <laughs> but but then we'll have to continue the trend. What, what's next? Ultra cloud. Actually, ultra cloud is even better. Supreme. Better, better. Supreme. Clouds. Why don't we cloud, just call cloud it supreme? Cumulus? Hyper cloud. <laughs> Hyper cloud. There we go. Oh God. Oh. The uh, yeah, I, I I want I want it to be IT again. Maybe <laughs> oh. I just need to give up on that. Uh, I think I think that train left the station. Yeah, no, the brand that the branding branding on that is 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 even worse than the branding on single pane of glass. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but my, my biggest takeaway from it was, was like my realization is that uh, another brought up uh, on Tuesday that uh, at least in my opinion the only reason why we even need a super cloud is because the lack of interoperability with existing clouds. Yeah. Right. So so mm -hmm. I see super cloud as a symptom of a problem, not a solution. It's a it's a byproduct of the problem. Yes, I would I would have to agree. I'm thinking more like band aid. 
I'm sorry. I'm just very anti this whole notion of super clouds and ultra clouds and mega clouds and like enough already. It's called infrastructure. It lives outside my four walls, period, full stop. Do do you see a, there's two components to this. Um, One is, does does the thing need a name? (laughs) And two, do you see a need for a, um, concrete unifying layer? Yes. Okay. I do. Absolutely. Is... It's called architecture. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah no, I, do. I, I absolutely do. And I think that there's companies out there that are already working on that, that are trying to make it as quote unquote seamless as possible and you don't need to know which cloud your stuff is in you just need to use this sort of I don't want to say control plane more like a a choreography plane (laughs) but the the problem with 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 those solutions uh, however is that you're always targeting the the least common denominator um so Mm. So that there are features that are cloud specific that that integrate with that cloud, like for example, anything uh, identity related, like is typically very cloud specific. Like there may be a common protocol or 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 common method for managing things, like I am. But once you get into like the the nitty gritty of it, also let's say I created my VMs or my Kubernetes clusters? How do I bind my identities on the VM or in the clusters to the my identities in IAM? It is widely different from cloud to cloud. Yeah. And on, on, unless yeah, yeah. that That's gets right. fixed, you're yeah. still going to be having cloud-specific configurations. Or you're yeah. having a very generic configuration that is either more difficult to maintain or uh, gives up on some uh, security features. I, I think two, go ahead, two go points that, that Klaus made. One is the lowest common denominator. The idea that you have a layer of abstraction that you know works for any anything just makes me if you ever tried to instantiate something that lived up to that layer of abstraction, you'd have you'd be you'd be basically hobbled by this notion by the the lowest common denominator. If the instantiation of this super cloud, this infrastructure, was something closer to a design language or a design or or design, yeah based on a design language where you had well understood or at least acceptable um, description of patterns, which then and thereafter became the way in which you declared, oh, this is what I want the underpinnings to do. Mm -hmm. The job of instantiating it would be, you know, underneath, under the covers, how you make that work on a particular CSP, and how do you make it work with the remaining 
parts of the infrastructure. It's it's in some ways the kind of design language that I would assume you'd want to have if you could put it all together uh, for uh, infrastructure uh, as code. I mean, that, that, that's ultimately what Terraform and Pulmi and, and similar are, are trying, the gap that they're trying to fill well, with, with uh, varying degrees they, of success. They they do, but they only, I mean, this, I mean, this is literally where we're, we're you know, rack, this is literally what we're trying to do with RackN. I mean, y'all, y'all are well aware of that, mm-hmm. that, you know, what I agree with you, plus you can't build, I've watched people build this LC, least common denominator API and try and create a, a cloud API and that's that's fruitless. We've 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 watched that, and it's you 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 actually want the clouds to have differentiation under the covers, and you need a way to create some common you know leverage um, commonalities where there are them, and there are there are actually a lot of commonalities, but it's not necessarily control and behavior. You have to have you have to be able to recognize differences in control and behavior, even though systems are very similar. Uh, believe it or not, but, it's very similar to what we see in, in bare metal. And it's, it's, it is possible. I mean, Joanne, to your point, and then I'll, I'll let you have the floor. It, it is, it is, um, it's, you know, there's orchestration and conducting involved more than um, other process. Go ahead. Well, I mean, to Rich's point and to your point, I see this and I, I haven't found a good name for it yet. But I would say that it's UML meets an orchestrator. Mm-hmm. And the configuration, the orchestration, and the even the mobility, and I don't mean phones, of or rather composability, that would be the language, the descriptor that Rich is talking about, the yeah. control, the configuration, the orchestration, and the choreography would be what you're talking about, Rob. And to Klaus's point, I would say I don't see it as the least common denominator. I see it as more the commonality across CSPs to the point where they begin to differentiate so dramatically that they are no longer in common. And that's where the defined workload for a specific cloud would be better suited because that's where you're going to define it to be best suited for a particular type of cloud. And I think that's where Google is going. Yes. Hmm. But the, the notion here that I was trying to get to was you have particular, you know, a design language is used to describe uh patterns design patterns you know it's a and if you want to do a terminology swap those deni- design patterns are built on a you know kind of the statement of a problem i've got a you know the problem is i've got to consolidate data mm-hmm. one way or one or i've got to move the following kinds of data and you know on on different uh tracks you know with the the notion of all right at that point once you've got that stated you can say yeah you can do it on gcp and aws using nifi or something like that 
but it's not going to have the same performance characteristics. It's not going to have the same um, characteristics with respect to um, maintenance and operations. And you can then say, all right, here's the best choice given what my parameters are. Exactly. But, but the, the whole notion is you start with the problem, categorize it, open up to the different kinds of solutions that can be made. Again, they're abstractions, they're patterns. And then it goes to the, the whole question of, all right, if I need to instantiate this, what's the result? What, am I, what are my expectations? What are my likely costs and so forth? And you make a choice. You're either you as a human being make a choice or whatever tooling you've built to uh, you know, accommodate this design language, you know, suggests or actively instantiates a particular uh, configuration. And this becomes a declarative this is what I need. This is this is the problem. This is what I need. These are the parameters around which I'd like it to be solved. That strikes me as you know the approach you want to take. It it is very top down. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're speaking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe UML is not the right reference, but I see it as a little bit more than just design points and 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 a design pattern. I think that there's other things. The context of that design also comes into play. I don't think that we oh, can yeah. use simply the pattern the way we used to previously. No, hands the context up. Context no of trouble. that pattern has to change. Hands up, no trouble. That's absolutely right. the case. And and it's the context that actually starts to add the, you know, kind of get to the specificity of the actual solution. Yes. That's it's but, yes go ahead. no uh, well I, I it's funny because i'm um i agree i agree with you and I, I like you know i think declarative is important for this because declarative is in some ways the handoffs the handoff state you would say i want i mean this is this is what I, i'll you know i'll be specific on on rack end because i think it's helpful to be specific but we've been working on this on a concept that says i need a cluster declaratively and then you can specify things about the cluster, but then the system needs to have the logic to do implementations in different places. Right. Um, and so like when we do that with, and we'll use Terraform in the back, we'll use whatever tools are necessary in the back end. That's, that shouldn't, that, that should be, that has to be okay. This is to me where the super cloud thing makes it sound like there's a thing. And what, what we have found is that there's times when you get a declarative concept, like I need a cluster. And then the the, the underlying underlying thing is actually uh, choreographing a sequence of operations across different tools, different platform. Right, that 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 choreography should you know has to be implement implementation specific. And this is like when we use Terraform to do that, we end up having to to actually literally say. Hey, when you run Terraform on this cloud, here is the specific stuff for that cloud. And this is how you figure out what the identifier is for that resource. This is how you figure out what the networking is for that. Like every one of those things is different yeah. for every single cloud. Um, exactly. And that's and, exactly the point. Yeah. Because, they, sorry, Rich, I didn't mean to jump in front of you there. Um, but 
exactly what you're saying, Rob, is why I see that layer of abstraction as being, and I'm reluctant to use this term, the platform, the cloud platform. That's where you're doing it, but it's not a platform as in underneath and supporting. It's more middleware. Kind it's, of well, thing. it's with what we well the term I the term we've used in the past that I still think works really well is scaffolding. Yes. Right. So it's well, it's something okay. you build up adjacent to the infrastructure at yeah. at every level. So it gives you access to do the work on the infrastructure as a but it's a it's a single right. right the, the challenge right now is that we're building scaffold like each tool right now has to build its own scaffolding, and so you you end up. If I'm going deep on this analogy, you end up with with craftspeople working on, you know, one thing, but they brought their own ladders <laughs> and their own sky. And, and then you they're working, you know, somebody's we're, working on the same thing, but later. later worse, later worse than day. worse than that, they bring a bunch of wood and they construct their special purpose <laughs> ladders, you know, with bends and you know so forth yes exactly <laughs> and then when the other people come in with their ladders the the first thing's in the way and so they tear it they have to tear it down yeah yeah no, it's if you have well, to build if you have to go to extremes to create a you know from first principle first kind of atomic elements the scaffolding that's going to be a problem well, the well the challenge to me and this is heavily rack and influence, but I think real is that we have built every, every tool has built scaffolding to do its job and they have mixed the scaffolding and the tool together. Yeah. And so, so when you go to use, you know, Terraform, it is not designed to, to be a, a tool used by other things. It is designed to, to be the scaffolding and the tool. Um, and so, that, yeah. Sorry, which causes me grief, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because the 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 scaffolding and the tool combination, I may need and and forgive the analogy. I know it's bad. I may need metric for one, and imperial for the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to know that until I'm down the road and somehow or another, you know, I need a yard, but I actually get 39 inches. Yes. Which is a meter. Or vice versa. Right. And and, and I end up coming up short. And, and that's my issue with this whole notion of super cloud is that one size will never fit all, even within the same CSP. That's right. And to start hybriding that out and building this notion of a super cloud takes me back to something that you said earlier, Rob, which is you use a cluster. Well, what if I don't need a cluster? Or what if my cluster needs to be apples and kumquats together? Right. So, so this is the problem that I have with these things, which is why I keep going back to what Rich and I were, what we were all discussing earlier, which is this notion of an abstracted language, for lack of a better way of putting it, and allowing other mm. 
types of technology maybe even to do that decision making for me you know can i use ai and I had a very interesting discussion with someone yesterday about whether you could use multivariant AI because the outcome you're trying to achieve may require different, you know, a combination, an aggregate of goals. And AI typically only addresses one problem at a time. So how do you do how do you do the one problem at a time without duplication of work? And without bias. Uh, on, on the we we had an interesting conversation a couple months back, I think in the DevOps, um, in the DevOps sessions on Tuesdays about AI and operations. And one of the challenges about that is the training, is is training data. Right. Um, and so for the use cases you're describing, part of the issue is not if you can apply AI to it, but it's actually can you train the AI to, in order to have a, enough of a data set to apply. Yeah. And, and that's true, a, but yeah. if I and if I think back to the cluster or what we're talking about today, I look at that and I say, if the scaffolding and the tool is together, there would be it would be very hard to train the AI. If right. the because you'd have to differentiate mm -hmm. between the two. However, if you look at the workload used with that scaffolding and tool maybe there's a way to do it that way it it i i think that some of what we end up doing around uh data normalization or state normalization could end up creating some some consistent results for that yeah um but it's you know and maybe AI, maybe i'm underestimating ai's ability to take a whole bunch of random data and figure stuff out from it you still need the the pattern i had a, i actually wanted to go down a different path with you with you uh, based on your comment joanne and supercloud because yeah. there's a service orientation piece to what we're also describing that i think is super is is super interesting um <laughs> the, yeah, um, I'm being primed on the word super. Um, the because some of what what super the super cloud team was referencing and what you were getting to was actually turning things into services, right? Your mm -hmm. Apple's Kumquats cluster could actually be a cluster of an Apple's thing and a and a, a Kumquats thing, and then stacking services together like the service service representation. Which yeah. I, you know, um, mm -hmm. we're we're finding that to be an interesting concept because one of the things that happens with the clusters is that the clusters, when they're, after they're built, you have a build process, but then they convert into a service, and they end up with a service interface where you can make service calls against the cluster. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's incredibly powerful. Rich is giving me a funny look. No, uh, but no, I'm, just, is, is I'm it, trying to I'm trying to imagine it, how that would how that would actually be. Well, so so this up. is this is to me where this. So one of my lessons from the OpenStack days was that behavior really matters. API is important, but behavior really matters. Because right. um, you can drive an API, but if the behavior the API gives you back is not what you expected, then you're 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 you're, you're yeah. toast. Um, but what what we're seeing with this is building out infrastructure. Great, you have to have a build process. You have to have a destroy process. Super important. Um, and then what what you have to do on the other side 
is once you've built it, if you can turn that into a service, then what you actually end up with here is um, a way to address that cluster as a a certain like make ad hoc requests to it, make it ask it to do work, ask it to do like you you actually it becomes a service, and that service mentality is what it, it's really what allows it to be addressable. So some of the super cloud stuff is like, here's what we're doing. We're taking infrastructure across multiple clouds. Great. And then we're putting a service interface for it. Most of their examples were actually service inter, multi-cloud service interfaces. That service interface is then addressable as a, a you know infrastructure agnostic entity. And then I can just be like, okay, now I've got a service. To our the earlier point is if I build that service, who cares where I built it? If it has a consistent interface as a service, great. I have a build process that's cloud agnostic. And then I have a service interface that is service as, as service abstracted. Does that make, does so that make sense? So therefore it would be composable? It's services are more composable. Yeah. Right. So that would like when we like we're building um, a resource broker for a cloud, it's actually a um, you, you're building, you do an infrastructure pipeline, you build the, all the information you need to create the resource broker and then you turn it into a service and it's servicing requests. Give me a server requests. We don't care. You know, there's a generic interface for that. You see, so you could do the same thing. You can say, hey, I need a Kubernetes. Here's my Kubernetes cluster. It gets built. You don't you don't care how it has to be generic and consistent turns into an API endpoint. Now you have a Kubernetes service that you can address. It's, I mean, we're very, we're already very sassy. This to me is, is not that different. Or it's, it's actually just saying the same thing. Sort of, I guess, I guess I would have to understand a little bit like a layer down below that because okay. services will act differently on different, Infrastructure, because the uh, they have different performance characteristics. Exactly, and, and so what you ask of them for purposes right. of declaring S, you know, I declare I need a cluster with the following SLAs. I right, and that that's going to have differences between the cluster. But what what you would hope is that the requests you make to that cluster are consistent consistent and 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 abstractable so right. it's become a service you're like yeah it might be super slow it you know it, it it might you know it might might be unreliable but when i ask it for you know when when i've created this this service i now have a service interface and hopefully it's got a layer a layer should have a layer of abstraction in it well, if it has a layer of abstraction, then would you then be able to take that generic ask and make it slightly, you know, like vanilla, strawberry, chocolate? Yeah, you should be. Yeah. I think you have to. I mean, you have to add context. You, and, you, and part of your yes. declaration has to be, I need not just the the structure and the you know and the the functionality but i need the functionality with the following attributes it, it can't well, be lc it can't be least common denominator coming back to class no, 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 no. no. it has you have to be able to say i need a some you know i need a kubernetes cluster and i need the 
functionality for Google. Google, So give me a Google Kubernetes cluster with this additional stuff. You have to be able to do that. That is it, right. That, that is the, the, infra, the, the world is heterogeneous and the capabilities are heterogeneous, but then I should be able to come back and say, now I have a Kubernetes, you know, now I have a service that's providing that, that system. And ideally that's, that would be a generic enough. This is where it gets weird. Well, I, Kubernetes, six different ways. You say it's a Google cluster. Aren't you kind of blowing through this whole notion of what, I mean, this is, this, if you, if you said that this is a, this is, this is used as a means of um, setting out the problem, laying out alternatives, specifying context, and given that plus context coming up with the way to implement it and if it has to be because of some other um requirement you know if it has to be google or if it has to be gc it has to be uh, azure but it has to be azure in ireland you know, right. those are the kinds of things that are going to, you know, kind of well chip away, okay, so chip away everything, chip away everything that that doesn't look you like just built. solution. Yeah, I but it it does it doesn't it doesn't. This to me is where the super cloud thing actually gets gets sort of funny. If you when you say super cloud, it ends up implying that I'm going to have a generic way to ask for generic Kubernetes, and and that's. But but that's not reality. You you have to be able to say, I need to build Kubernetes clusters with these capabilities in this location to this spec, and and that has to be okay because that's it's going to do it and it's going to have different performance and yeah. potentially some different behaviors, it, and your system has to accommodate that. But that doesn't mean that you now have a floating unaffiliated Kubernetes, you, you actually have, you have a, you, we, we've part abstracted your, it enough, but not part of much. your context, part of your, 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 part of your declaration, if you want, is it must be able to interwork with and, and with the following characteristics of, you know, a cluster, you know, in, in Singapore, right. fine. The point I think of the, this, this abstraction is you start with the declarations, you add the constraints and the parameters that you need, you know, that are probably specified or, you know, become evident because of the nature of the problem. And what you're doing is laying out alternative solutions to the problem. And you know, the way you'd implement this is, you, it would lay out the, the possible solutions, eliminate those that don't meet the declaration's requirements and context. Mm-hmm. And what you have at the end is, all right, this is the way, this is the only way I know to do it, or here are the two or three ways to do it, and you got your choice. This one might be better for, for on in terms of its economics. This might be better in terms of its uh, reliability, resilience. This one might be better for you know whatever. The point mm-hmm. being, it is it starts with these. Uh, I, they're not well. They are abstractions. 
their abstractions and 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 then specific requirements. And so yes. I would add to that, the question isn't I. Sorry, I would I would reframe the question as I want to do X. Now, oh. tell me based on I want to do X. Here's what I currently have. Find me the best way to do this, which is what Google is aiming for. And I'm not pro Google. I'm just saying that that's one of the yeah. things that they announced. And I'm looking at that and I'm saying, could I take that statement, that set of you know, criteria right. and work through whether it's IAC through rack and stuff, create the composable, observable instances in a cluster, Apple and Kumquat mix that's most sustainable, highest performant, highest reliability, cheapest cost. And if you can do mm -hmm. that by abstracting those layers based on what other criteria you put in, like this is what my infrastructure currently looks like, or this is where I'm, right. you know, my instances lie now. You'd have gangbusters because this is the biggest bane of anybody's anyone's existence, yeah. and it also addresses the CEO requirement. Almost every CIO in the Fortune 1000 cut your cloud cost. Period. Full stop. Yeah. The it's, I mean, that's, to me, that's, this is the method that you would need to be able to do this. And that's this. This to me is where the the thing that you're saying that is interest that I that I would that I would twist just a little bit from the super cloud perspective is it's not give me a thing. It's give me a service. It's giving and, me and a capability. Give me a capability, and so. And that's that's this is where it's declarative. You're saying I need a way to build a cap this capability consistently, right? And 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 so and so a I need a way to build a capability consistently. There's an element to me in SuperCloud that says, yeah, I just need cons you know I, give give me a Kubernetes cluster. I want a thing to, that does that. And then you then you immediately click down into that. Well, I actually don't want you to make all those decisions. I want you to to. You know, I want to be able to specify which provider you use, or how much it's going to cost me, or adjacencies that that need to be. And so, so it's it's interestingly this. I hey, I really want these generic, you know, these 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 agnostic services. But my experience has been it's a very thin layer of agnosticism before you actually start carrying that there's things behind the scenes immediately. Um, and that's okay. That's that, that's not a complaint. And the problem I, I end up with with SuperCloud is they end up sounding like they're building this big layer of abstractions so that you never have to worry about the thing behind it. And what, I, what, what I've seen and experienced is, you know, actually every cluster somebody builds now ends up being a service that they're orchestrated, that, they're, they're, that they, that they, that they need to manage. And that's not bad. It's, it's just, it's like, hey, increase if increase complexity, it, you're increasing complexity. Uh, right. I mean, and that's but but there's that which is fine. The, the, the problem is not the complexity. The, the problem is it's comprehensiveness. It's how easy it is to comprehend and also how easy it is it to create and destroy. If 
if if I give you a whole bunch of services and they're easy to create and destroy, then while it's more complex under the covers, your consumption of them is more transactional. This is I'm trying to okay. put this thought together because this is this is the complexity paradox that we've we've been talking about actually for years now. Um, I can do services that hide hide. I can give you a service that hides a whole bunch of complexity, and that's that's helpful. But I've actually increased complexity because now you have a service to deal with, and you have to be prepared to do with that. Great. If that service is something that you treat as a um, long-standing uh, specialized service, then then you it's in some ways you simplify things because now I'm not changing anything, but I've actually now created a dependency on that service in the in the in my in my service graph. If I can actually say, hey, I've created a way to spin up services really dynamically and then wire them back into the other things that you need, I actually I'm watching this happen in Kubernetes with all the CRD wiring. Then while there's more stuff bouncing around in my system, in some ways, the fact that I can create and destroy things and the system's resilient to that, I've I've actually made the system less, it's more complex, but it's more managed complexity is the, um, I'm, I'm struggling to explain this because it, it's, it feels strange. It's a paradox. Um, the more I rehearse a system, the more I run that system, the, the less threatening the complexity is. Because it's routinized or it's capable of being routinized or what? Because the, the, interconnect because the interconnections of it are um uh are become common they they become they they become normalized maybe that this is um uh let's see if i can use do they become I, I, normalized or do they become inculcated because those are two different things huh Um, and inculcated will create a legacy on which you can continue to build, whereas (laughs) normalized is like, it works now, but who knows? I'm thinking through, like, uh, I'm going to do an analogy, right? Yesterday, I took the, I took, um, train, train to DC. Right. And so my my journey included I drove to the train station. I took I got on the train, went to the train, took the subway, took the subway, walked to my meeting. Right. And the complexity behind the scenes and all that stuff, especially this is my first time going through those train systems. I was high, like I had to figure out where everything was and how it connected together and how to how to go from one terminal to the right. All that all that stuff. The next time I do it. It's I'm going to walk right through it. It's going to be a breeze. If I was doing it as my commute, I wouldn't even think about it anymore. Right. But that's that's patterns. That's, you know, you you're, you know, whatever means you use to create the pattern that was successful. You 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 basically are institutionalizing it. You're you're inculcating it, inculcating it, at which point. Um, you know, it can be reused. Now, you mm-hmm. may determine later on that, 
hey, you know, I just discovered there's an alternative that I hadn't considered. And it's um, it's faster or better for on some on some basis or suddenly some portion of the of the infrastructure that you're relying on isn't available. What alternatives do I have to successfully get myself from point A to point B? Well, that, and, that also highlights yeah. the importance of standards because in, in that exactly. last scenario, if exactly. you're familiar with, with your current trip, then when looking at alternatives, you're, you already did most of the legwork. You just need to plug in the additional information and say like, okay, these are the, the steps in my trip or the, the hops that I need to go through instead of my usual yeah. uh, route. Exactly. But in some ways, what we're all, I think, also talking around is the idea of having and what I'm what I'm trying to describe as chaos monkeys, right, of saying, you know what, I never should just rely on this train to that train to this train. I I should on a regular. And this is this is my point with managing complexity by by change, by by constant, by, by a degree of constant churn. If 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 I, my system is built around the idea that I'm going to show up at the train station and the train isn't available, so I have to switch to Amtrak instead of the local, or I have to get back in my car and then drive, right? Then my system itself is much more resilient. It's not less complex. I I wouldn't consider that the the purpose of chaos monkey. Chaos monkey is more more around, let's say. Uh, I take route number seven to go downtown. Uh, and it's always bus number five of route number seven. And, right. uh, and bus number five breaks down. I can hop on bus number four or bus number six or bus, bus number 28 of, of the same route and still be fine. Um, it, Chaos Monkey, that doesn't mean that, that your configuration changes on a day-by-day -day basis. It just means that the 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 basic blocks are interchangeable well it's to, to me it's it's even saying to your analogy it's saying you know what bus four has been rely is super reliable for you and you forgot that bus four could break down and so we better make sure that so, that every once in a while bus four breaks down so that you know that you can get on these other routes or, or right? more, more more to the point is take it out of circulation for maintenance right. and put another, another bus. Uh, but but here's the I'm not hearing from any of you part, which is taking two, three, four, five, or six on your bus seven route either adds time, cost, duration, blah, 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 blah. And mm -hmm. those are the things that if I go back to the layers of abstraction and it not being lowest common denominator, we know that the route has seven bus, route seven has five different buses or however many buses. We know that one gets taken out of commission for whatever reason, breakdown, maintenance, scheduled or unscheduled. We have the others, but they may add other factors in, cost, duration, late arrival, can you be five minutes late? Yes. Can you be 25 minutes late? No. 
right? And we get into this, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's the chaos monkey. And that's where the more you can inculcate in these layers of abstraction, which are not part of the super cloud, as I understand it to be, could become composable services with plugins or widgets or whatever the <laughs> hell word you want to call it, where, where you can bring in these other contextual variables, mm-hmm. which is an exception management sort of construct, but not to the degree that you're looking at, you know, did she move more than 10,000 or under 10,000 with the teeth that are associated of the Patriot Act? Do you know what I'm saying? There's there's some yeah. degree of flexibility there. The It's a really interesting thought process for this, because, I mean, from from what we see, because we're talking about this sort of as a as a single service. Right. Our mm-hmm. our experience has been that the the resilient patterns for automation come from doing dev test prod portability right some of some of what 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 I see in here and I love these these travel transport analogies is I take bus four every week and I love it and it's great and I I have gotten better at dealing with bus when bus four is under maintenance and I have to take a different schedule or something like that. And now I need to explain to somebody else how to how to navigate the, the the system, and and so you know they're they might be similar to me, but they're not identical. And the extent exactly. to which I can reuse, you know, I can I can help them with that. It's a reuse issue. It's it's a yeah. well, it's not just reuse. It's it's like I'm actually leveraging the same process this is where the analogy falls apart but i'm leveraging the same process you know you know we're all getting on buses and the getting on bus approach and the way bus and actually this is how this is how things transpire in transportation i you know i can get on buses and trains pretty much anywhere in the world and and it is a consistent repeatable process that that has been worked out over time and you know, you mess with that and it confuses the heck out of people. Um, we don't have that for cloud at the moment, right? We 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 don't have a, oh, I need to build a service and then I should be, right? Because this is, this is what we see happening all the time. It's like, oh, I need Kubernetes and Kubernetes cluster. Great. I want my dev, my test, my prod processes to have very similar circumstances, even if they're very different clusters. And I want my 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 i have you know 100 prod clusters and i need the processes for those to be very consistent even though they're all they all build different clusters um and and that to me that's that to me if if i want super cloud to be work to work a big part of it is i want to be able to have consistent results across all of my clouds and i wouldn't call that super cloud but that's it, it shouldn't be that i'm like oh to make that work, I just need to have a, a, a build me a cluster API that services every one of those use cases. I, I need to have a build me a cluster process that works across all of those things because the more the, the more similar that is, the better. But it can't it can't force conformity, or it can't then have all these knobs that you can turn where like it has to have all the knobs that you can turn so it, it well, accommodates the other things. But when you talk about a single API. When you talk about consistency or mm-hmm. conformity, are you talking about consistency and conformity of function 
are you talking about consistency and conformity mm. to a function and whatever the the parameters the the metrics are of you know of goodness you know what i i would say or is it strictly of performance I I I think that the, the the primary target of consistency is the API. Okay, if I if I build a, a my, my platform on on, on Azure, and yeah. I I want to now be able to run the same platform on AWS, I need I need to have the Azure API be consistent with the AWS API so that reproducing the platform on the AWS is a low effort yeah exercise I, I think you're I think you've hit the one of the the key means of testing the quality of this abstraction and layer and that is reproduction with a change of you know it would if I can reproduce, the declared functionality, if I can reproduce the functionality and either the same levels of performance or or behavior uh, under the same kinds of constraints, and I can do it multiple ways, then I think you're, you know, you're, you're, approaching the kind of declared reason for building a super cloud or building this abstraction if that's the if that's the results then i you know there's your there's your super cloud touring touring test mm -hmm. <laughs> that's Wait. that's that's what we what we see is somebody wanting to say. I mean, it is an API, but it's it's an API that's not a single. It's an API that starts a pipeline, and the result of the pipeline is a service. That right. This is how we're we're starting to see it. And so, you were like, I need a cluster. I have a consistent way to ask for that. I it, we it runs a pipeline that builds a service. That service is going to match your your declarative spec for what that was, but that might be implemented in a lot of different ways. It's it it has to be actually it has to be implemented in a lot of different ways. You would like the idea of it being you'd be I would be feeling confident knowing that in fact there were multiple ways of of instantiating I, I actually don't think that that is sufficient though okay. to to be worthy of the term supercut. For me, means not just that I'm able to reproduce uh, my design on, on, on either cloud provider, but also interoperability, that I'm able to, say, create infrastructure on AWS, but integrate it with the identity manage management from Azure. Yeah. No, I think you. I, that's part of the... the, uh, the constraints or requirements that uh, might come along with this. I completely agree. It has to be interoperability. That has to be added. And if you're if the constraints get to the point where it's so specific 
And so, so the problem, as stated, becomes so constrained that there is one and only one solution that's possible. Then you're basically saying, all right, yeah, you can build that building, but you know, you are at risk. <laughs> you are at risk if one of the key pieces is for one reason or another unavailable. So a super cloud comes back with, yes, here is a solution, but you've only got one instantiation that fits your requirements. Right. And and to me, that's what I have against the whole notion of the super cloud. Because it's it's pointing it's, it's, it's yeah, that, that will be the result. And somewhere in a week from now, one of those key criteria is gonna change because business is right. dynamic and all of this is dynamic, and everybody's finding out the hard way that when they lifted and shifted, they may have made you know, gone into third when they should have gone into first. Yeah, and, and they left. The, and, they, and they left. They left the door open. You know, into the the public internet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, <laughs> I mean, I love, I love the path of the inculcation breeds composability and modularity, which then allows for orchestration and the flexibility of multiple choices based on the key criteria you want to put. Call it a scorecard, right? My first one is cost. My second one is availability. My third one is sustainability or vice versa. However, I want to do that. Yeah. I don't see anybody doing that. Yeah. Um except maybe well, Google. But they're doing it for GCP. Well, they're doing it, well, actually the, the impression that I got from the announcements that were made was the AI tool that they're creating or that they have created to do this is going to extend beyond GCP. They want to be first out of the gate to be the provider of choice for heterogene heterogeneous. Heterogeneity. Where, well, which, okay. which, which announcements are these? What, what, I'll have to go back and look it up because they made so many Google in the next. same day. They were Pardon? crazy. Yeah, they've made a lot of announcements. Yeah. Google. This next. is at the last Google X. Yeah. Yeah, it was like last week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I I have I have not been keeping up. Obviously, I I do need to go back and see that they they, they buried the lead under a flurry of announcements, so it's been hard to figure out what mm. they what they said, frankly. But yeah, some no, of, some I, of I, them I were pretty agree. pretty outrageous too. So, <laughs> yeah, or provocative, I guess, intentionally provocative. Okay. Um. Wow, this was fun. Actually, the topic, by the way, the topic on the schedule was, is the nature of MSPs changing, which yeah. which is really what we talked about, because uh, SuperCloud is fundamentally answering, trying to answer that question. I, I think it's exactly the point. It was, a, it was the, the point I wanted to make on Tuesday, probably didn't as well as I could have. And that is, 
among the reasons you want this notion or the use of a the concept of supercloud is to do exactly that. This is a mm -hmm. I can envision solutions built on the back of this set of concepts as being delivered commercially, operationally by MSPs. And that's, you know, that's the whatever language and specification that is used for these declarations would be kind of the um, it would be the the thing that would distinguish one MSP from another. You know, if I can do a good job of it, make it clear, and the result is, you know, happens quickly enough with the right, you know, um, end result, um, then I would say that's a that's a that's a great way of doing it. And the other aspect that I think this becomes part and parcel to is when you have these alternative instantiations starting from this, it's the point in time where these things actually do become fungible, interchangeable, and you start looking at their costs and literally starting to think about exchange, you know, the transaction. I'm, I want to buy, I want to buy a particular, I want to buy a cluster. Right. I want to buy this and I've got, some, I've got, or I've got the resources to deliver that. What's it worth to you? And it starts to become, you know, a, a way of, you know, it becomes the units of trade. Yeah. No, I, what you're describing to me is commoditization. Yeah. Which which is unfortunately so well, I, this I, is I, this is what makes makes me so sad about the whole super cloud thing is um what you're describing and what what we're trying to build, right? As is yeah. very aligned. Yeah. And and I would have been delighted to have a term come out of there that we could we could amplify and be part of the discussions and things like that, because those are our objectives, but um, I, it makes it just a part of part of it is like I, I can't use SuperCloud as a I can't I can't jump on the bandwagon on that one and and discuss it like that. I mean, I would come out what you're describing. I almost call the com cloud commoditization or cl commodity cloud. Well, that that is yeah. It's 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 cloud standardization or commoditization or yeah yeah. Which then brings us back to cloud as a utility. Exactly. It's going to be a hard path to get there. Oh, too much yeah. money's too much money's blocking it. But we'll see. All right. This was fascinating. Thank you both. You appreciate very it. Welcome. Always see fun. Uh, next week is KubeCon, so I we do I did not schedule any any of these meetings for that that week. Okay. All right. Cheers. Cool. Sure. See you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. Bye. Wow, what a fascinating discussion. It's really interesting when somebody can introduce a term to try and describe something, generate a lot of 
controversy and discussion and and still come back to the fact that we have significant challenges and most importantly a lot of potential value to unlock in how we're using all of this amazing infrastructure we've been building come back and join us at the 23.cloud we are going to continue to have conversations just like this on uh, super cloud definitely and other related topics is just what we do in a roundtable format and I would love to hear your opinions about it. I'll see you there at the 2030.cloud. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.